Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of Something Worth Thinking About. My name is Randy Todd, and today I want to talk with you about this important matter of prayer. We want to look at what Jesus had to say about prayer in the Sermon on the Mount. And this will include some words about the famous Lord's Prayer that Jesus gave us to show us how simple a prayer can be. Anyone can pray. Everyone ought to pray. So today in this episode, we want to hear from Jesus on this very important matter of prayer. One of the things I often hear from Christians is how hard it is for them to pray. And I especially hear this from new Christians who did not grow up in a family that prayed together. And I get it. The idea of talking with God, the creator of all things, and the one who is alone, holy, 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 can feel at times very daunting and intimidating. But make no mistake, prayer is a core part of our life in Christ. It is vital to our walk with Christ that we learn how to pray. Jesus taught us to pray and to never give up in praying. The Apostle Paul implored the Christians of his age to pray continually, as we see in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17. We are, Paul would elsewhere say, we are to devote ourselves to prayer. We find this in Colossians 4, verse 2. And the early church in Jerusalem, right after Pentecost, did this very thing. This was one of the core four things that the early church devoted themselves to. They devoted themselves to the prayers, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. So instead of being intimidated by that idea of talking with God or comparing our initial somewhat maybe feeble efforts to pray with the prayers of people who have been praying faithfully to the Lord for many years, we should come to Jesus in this conversation and hear what he had to say about prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. So let's, let's hear it and let it soak into our hearts and encourage us in our own prayers. Here's what Jesus said. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive 
your sins. Now, this is just a short part of the Sermon on the Mount, but all this has to do with prayer. And I believe there's a couple of really helpful things here that I, I want to point out. First, our prayers are not for show. We're not praying to impress anyone, so we need to stop being worried about what others think about our prayers. We're praying not to impress someone else. We are praying to be heard by God. Second, our prayers do not need to be long and elaborate. Some of us might say they don't need to be deep and penetrating into uh, really profound thoughts. Just talk to God. He already knows what you need, and yet he really wants to hear from you, to spend some time alone with you and to renew you through this time together as you worship him and place your heart and life before him in this simple experience we call prayer. On the other hand, if you are a talker and you really like telling someone in minute detail about everything you have experienced today, don't misread what Jesus is saying here. He does not say that our prayers must be short and concise. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12, we are told that at least on one occasion, Jesus himself prayed all night long. Just think about that. That is a prayer marathon. Jesus prayed all night long. So it's okay if our prayers go long. But what Jesus is telling us is that God hearing our prayer is not dependent upon how long or short our prayer is. So don't think that you have to pray a really long time if you want God to take you seriously. Just pray, whether short or long, and trust in God's goodness, his faithfulness, and his love for you. And it's okay if you, at times, sort of get stuck on something that's important to you. Jesus prayed the same prayer three times in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night he was betrayed. This was not vain repetition. This was a soul overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. We'll have times when we feel compelled to make the same request of God over and over because we're just stuck on it. It's so important to us and it's, it's emotional. And that's what it was for Jesus. It's okay. And so again, when we look at Jesus, Jesus is simply telling us that we don't have to go on and on in a prayer before God or in order to get God to take us seriously. Now, finally, we come to the model prayer that Jesus gave us, the prayer that we know is the Lord's Prayer. Based on what Jesus has just said, it is not surprising that this is, in fact, a short, simple, uh, and to-the-point prayer. But it is, at the same time, a deep prayer about important things such as revering the name of God, praying for God to bring his kingdom into our world so that his will is done on earth to the same measure that it is done in heaven. And of course, in so praying, we are obligating ourselves to honoring the name of God and doing his will, pursuing his will with our lives. There's also a request about the basic daily issues of life, food, for example. And so we could expand that food, clothing, shelter, jobs, health, school, and all of life's daily challenges that can be a part of 
our prayers to God. God knows we need his blessing and his help in all of this. And then we come to another basic need of life, forgiveness. We need God's forgiveness and we need to forgive others. Instead of being intimidated at the thought that God will not forgive us if we do not forgive others, it is helpful to remember that forgiven people forgive people. If cultivating a heart, a forgiving heart, is difficult for us, perhaps it is because we do not yet realize how much we have been forgiven. Or maybe we have not yet really embraced God's forgiveness. We do not see ourselves as forgiven. Satan is still holding some things over us and torturing our minds with intense feelings of guilt and shame. Whatever it is, our need for God's forgiveness and our need to forgive others goes hand in hand. We have to see this so that we can pray this prayer. Finally, we come to the matter of spiritual warfare in our lives. God does not ever tempt us. He does not lead us into temptation. So this isn't a prayer asking God to not tempt us, but it, but it is, is at the same time, a, 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 a statement of faith that our God is faithful to us. He will not allow the evil one to tempt us beyond what we can handle. This is the promise of God in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. And so we pray words like this to recognize that we need God's help in our daily battle against sin and temptation. And as the Word of God tells us in 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3, we trust in God to strengthen us and protect us from the evil one. In closing, let me say that it is perfectly acceptable to recite the Lord's Prayer as a daily part of your prayer life. It can be a great place to begin your prayer journey. And even for those of us that have been praying a long time, this can be a great way to begin any prayer as you come before the throne of grace, seeking help in a time of need. We need to understand and realize the church has prayed this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, for centuries. Notice the plural language throughout. Our Father, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us, right? All this language, this plural language, suggests that the prayer from its very early time had a liturgical intention as it is recorded both here in Matthew and in Luke as well. What I mean by that is the prayer was intended to be prayed together in community, out loud, much in the same way that today we sing hymns together in the church. The early church recited this prayer together and was expected to pray this prayer three times a day as taught by an early Christian document known as the Didache, which once translated simply means teaching, and it is the teaching of the apostles. And so the Lord's Prayer can be a great foundation for all of us to include, whether we're new to prayer or we've been praying a long time, to include the Lord's Prayer as a part of our daily and regular prayer life. Bottom line in all of this is, again, the Word of God and the ways of people of faith down through the ages. Devote yourself to prayer. 
Never doubt that God is listening for your voice and that God will bless you and help you whenever you call upon his name. Thank you.